2: a day podcast
3: hello and welcome back to another episode of a pack a day podcast my name is nick schmitz and i will be your host for today you can follow me on twitter at sports Schmitty and um like i always say every time it's uh, not necessarily always worth the follow as my other co-host Jacob Westendorf has pointed out my uh, soon-to-be wife is apparently a better follower than I am, and I totally believe that. But back again with me today, guys, Maggie and Paul. It's been it's been two weeks since you guys have been on, and last time we were talking, we we were breaking down the top ten running backs that the Packers will be facing this upcoming season, and that was quite fun. Uh, today's podcast hopefully won't be quite as long. Uh, trying to keep it in that good time range, but uh, Maggie, Paul, welcome back. Um, and I, I assume that over this past holiday weekend, you guys watched the United States women's soccer team uh, in the final, win it all, bring it home. Um, I know, Maggie, I, I saw you tweeting a lot about it. So let me start there with you, real quick, before we jump in, just some quick thoughts. I know I saw lots of, lots of tweeting. Uh, from you uh, uh, of this uh, of the women's soccer team, so just kind of share your thoughts quick with everybody about the um, the world the, the World Cup.
4: All right, I'll try to keep it quick. I think that the women's soccer team has been so talented uh, for so long. So for them to come back uh, to the World Cup, uh, win back to back championships, uh, for a Wisconsin Badger uh, to get to score a goal in the World Cup final. Um, and for those girls to bring it home, I think that that is phenomenal. Uh, hashtag equal pay. That is all I'm going to say.
3: <laughs> and, and Paul, did you get a chance to watch the game on Sunday?
2: Um, unfortunately, I did not. We were traveling back from our 4th of July weekend, but I did watch the previous uh, three games before that. And just a dominating performance overall. And it was just really fun to watch.
3: Yeah, I, I Paul, I was in the same boat. I was traveling back uh, to Green Bay uh, when the game was on, but I was I was keeping tabs on my phone as much as I could. It's uh, this is a really fun experience. Just I mean, they are they are so good and they are so much fun to watch. And the only thing I have to say is, if you don't like their celebrations, stop them from scoring. So, <laughs> um, so with that, we'll move on. Uh, we're here for the Packers, and today we are breaking down. The second quarter of the schedule. Yesterday you heard our teams break down games one through four. We're going to be focusing on games five through eight. So games five through eight, just a quick rundown. Week five at Dallas, three thirty on Fox. Week six at home against the Lions. That's Monday night football on ESPN. Week seven, home against the Raiders, noon on CBS, and then week eight. Going to Kansas City, and that is Sunday night football on NBC. So quickly, guys, before we actually jump into this, just just to give context for where everything's at, we aren't responsible for breaking down games one through four, so we're not going to really focus on it. But I want to start with where you guys think coming into Week Five. Just give me a record of where Green Bay is going to be at coming into Week Five when they when they play Dallas. Uh, Maggie, so where do you have the Packers standing coming into Week Five?
4: So I have the Packers sitting pretty at three and one, with one unfortunate loss and the season opener uh, in Chicago. But after that, I think they bounce back three and one, uh, pretty optimistic heading into the second quarter of the season.
3: And and Paul, where do you have the Packers sitting in Week Five?
2: No surprise, I agree with Maggie. They <laughs> lose to the Bears Week One. I think at home they handle the um, Vikings and Broncos, and then they have the short week for the Thursday night against the Eagles, and historically the home team takes care of that. So I have them winning the next three games.
3: And, you know, I feel like that's going to be a theme throughout this podcast here, you and Maggie agreeing on pretty much <laughs> everything. But, uh, you know, I, I have the Packers sitting at 2-2. Two and two. I, It pains me to say it. I have them losing the first two games. The Viking game, the the Bears game. I I feel like most Packer fans are kind of in agreement on. It's new coach, you know. Everything's gonna be really new on the road. It'll be tough. The Vikings game. I just, you know, last year with the way the Vikings game turned out, week two at home. I just. It's a game that I could see Green Bay winning, but I just – I don't know. I've got a bad feeling about it. I'm originally from Minnesota, so I hate losing those games more than any other game on the schedule. But I just – I don't know. I I want them to win it, obviously, and, like, I won't be surprised if they do. But I just – I have them losing the first two and then bouncing back. So, well, with that, you know where we stand coming in. Three and one for both Maggie and Paul. I've got them sitting at two and two. So we'll start with – Dallas week 5. So last year the Cowboys finished 10 and 6. They won their division. They were 7 and 1 at home and 3 and 5 on the road. Their point differential throughout the season though was only plus 15. So you know just 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 over two touchdowns. The Packers are 7 and 3 in their last 10 games versus Dallas going back to November of 2007. And just in case anybody cares about the all-time series, which I mean you really should because Green Bay is beating Dallas in that, and nobody likes Dallas. So uh, Green Bay leads the all-time series 19-17. to So, um, you know, when we look at this, you know, Green Bay has had success against Dallas in the last 10 games, going back almost 12 seasons here. But this is a road game. Playing in Dallas, as we know, is never easy. I mean, you look at the last two times they played in Dallas was the playoff game where you know it seemed like Green Bay was going to run away with it in the first half, and then all of a sudden you're looking at two field goals in the last you know three minutes that won the game for the Packers, and then you go back to almost – it's got to be like everybody's favorite Cowboy game where Aaron Rodgers throws a touchdown in the last ten seconds to win it. So these are – while Green Bay seems to be winning these games, they never seem to be easy, and going to Dallas is never easy – and they were seven and one at home last year. So, you know, Maggie, let's start with you. How do you see this game turning out?
4: So, I unfortunately have the Packers losing to the Cowboys uh, at Dallas, and part of it is you know that record. The Cowboys are seven and one at home last year, like you mentioned. The Packers are one and seven on the road. Um, so they really did struggle um, in away games weren't able to get as much production out of the offense or the defense. Um, and I think that those, those road game struggles will continue. You know, I said I had them losing to Chicago uh, in the season opener. I think they'll kind of get their feet under them at home. But then I do see them struggling again against the Cowboys. I think it'll be a close game. But the Cowboys are one of those really sneaky good teams that maybe might be flying under the radar a little bit for some people. Um, in our last episode, when we had to rank the running backs, we had Ezekiel Elliott as our number one toughest running back the Packers would have to face in 2019. And he's definitely going to come as advertised. Um, their wide receiving core is really strong in Dallas. They have Amari Cooper. They just picked up Randall Cobb, Tavon Austin, Michael Gallup, Allen Hearns. And then Jason Witten comes back, which will be another fun kind of spark to that offense. Uh, Dak Prescott has a number of weapons. Uh, so I just think that it's going to be a tall order for a relatively new defense and a brand new head coach, Matt LaFleur, to take his team on the road to a stadium in Dallas and get that road W.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And, and Paul, I'm assuming you you're, you seem to be pretty in sync with Maggie here. How do you see this game <laughs> turning out?
2: yeah ultimately i had the packers losing but of the four games we're going through this was the toughest one for me to decide on um for two reasons one they're coming off the mini by the previous week they're in philadelphia on thursday so they'll have about 10 days off before the dallas game to prepare and rest up and then just aaron Rodgers' history in jerry world and what he's done there against the cowboys but ultimately i think dallas will win um as Maggie mentioned, they got Zeke Elliott at 1,400 yards last year, 20 carries per game. Even with the Packers' new defes- defensive front, I think that's still going to be tough to slow down. Dallas's offense took off with Amari Cooper addition last season. He had 725 yards, six touchdowns in just nine games. And then Jason Witt and Randall Cobb as well. But also their defense, I mean, Demarcus Lawrence, Leighton Vanderas, Jalen Smith. Last year is a Team. They were seventh in total yards, so seventh fewest yards given up, and sixth fewest fewest points per game allowed. Um, so it's going to be a tough environment on the road. Still a relatively new Packers offense, and I think I think it's close, but Dallas Dallas gets the win.
3: Yeah, I agree. I it's just one of those games. You know, this is this will be actually I feel one. I feel like it'll be one of the most interesting games Green Bay has because you have a new coach and, you know, you have a lot of new pieces on this offense and you have a lot of new pieces on the defense. And it's one of those things that, you know, you come to week five and you kind of are over the, you know, newness of everything. And you're kind of starting to work together as a team. And so I agree, Paul, that, you know, this would be a game that I think, I I think Dallas will win, but I guess I wouldn't be – Like overly surprised if the Packers were to win this game. But it'll be an interesting kind of measuring stick to see where they're at. It's it'll be only their second road game in five weeks. They'll be used to playing at home. You know, who knows if that has any effect when, you know, playing three straight weeks at home and then all of a sudden having to go play a tough Dallas team on the road. But I just it's one of those things aside from Minnesota, I hate losing to Dallas. Second. So it, it sucks, but I just – I don't I don't see Green Bay necessarily coming out with a win there. So we're all agreeing on that one, unfortunately, in the wrong direction. But I think it's just the reality of, of the teams right now. So, well, week six, let's move on to week six. This one I'm pretty sure we're all going to agree on as well. Uh, so week six is versus the Lions. It's Monday night football at Lambeau, which is always fun um but here's where the sadness comes in uh so the lions were 6 and 10 last year they were 3 and 5 at home 3 and 5 on the road their point differential was minus 36 but then here's where you get into the really sad news in the last 10 meetings the packers are 4 and 6 including 0 and 4 in the last two seasons so i want to pick the packers in this game but they need to show something that they can do actually beat, like, a not-so-great Lions team. Uh, Maggie, I mean, give me some hope here that this 0-4 will change to 1-4 and in the last five.
4: So, that is tough. And it did kind of make me question how I was going to pick this game solely because those last two seasons, the Lions really have had the Packers' number. Um, but... Let's remember that in a couple of those games, Aaron Rodgers was not playing. um, And when he was playing, he was injured. Um, So that right there will tilt the field when Aaron Rodgers is back and healthy. Um, Looking at the Lions squad as a whole, they did lose Golden Tate. um, But Kenny Galladay Galladay is a really talented receiver. They have Danny Amendola. They have Marvin Jones, Jr., We talked a little bit about Kerryon Johnson already during our running backs episode, who is a nice compliment to Theo Riddick. He put up some big numbers against Green Bay week 17 last year, 21 attempts for 93 yards, one touchdown, one reception for 30 yards. Um, So, you know, Matt Stafford historically plays well against the Packers. um, But I think that the Packers defense has improved enough uh, where those gaping holes won't be available anymore for those chunk yardage plays Uh, And optimistically, I'm saying the Packers get a W on Monday Night Football against the Lions and finally uh, start a streak in the other direction.
3: And so, Paul, I mean, I'm hoping you're giving the Packers a win here.
2: I am. um, As you mentioned, the
3: Lions have won the
2: last four, but... The one loss last year at the beginning of the year was kind of fluky. I mean, Mason Crosby with the missed field goals. The Packers were just sloppy overall, but had he hit those field goals, they would have won anyways. And then the other three losses came with Brett Hundley twice in 2017, and then Rogers started Week 17 but left early and Kaiser took over. So they're 4-0, and but definitely asterisks by those. Um, so I'm going to pick the Packers to win. Honestly, the Packers could probably lose 20 in a row, and I'd still pick them over the Detroit. (laughs) Um, But in the Lions defense, they made some improvements. They added Trey Flowers. They had T.J. Hawkinson in the draft, who could be the next George Kittle, um, and hopefully doesn't, but could terrorize the Packers for years. Jesse James, Danny Amendola. They added Daryl Bevel as their new offensive coordinator from Seattle. Um, He really likes to run the ball, so going to expect a lot of carry on Johnson. Matt Patricia's entering year two, so they're going to be – you know, they're going to be a tough team and one that I'm going to, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Not fear, but I'm going to watch out for more this year than I have in the past. But Rodgers' career against them, 13-5, and five, 66 uh, completion percentage, over 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns to six interceptions, and a 109 quarterback rating. Packers are going to take this one.
3: You know, this is – the one game, the set of games every year, it seems to be tricky because the Lions, like man, like you, you almost feel bad for the Lions in a sense because like it seems like they just, they just kind of seem like a, I don't want to call them a laughing stock, but like I mean, they're, they're just that team that's like consistently like five and eleven, six and ten, but like they don't necessarily have bad teams, and so you know this is a... you know. You you bring up the last four games, yes, Rogers played in a full game once, and then you talk about all the flukes that came from the rest of that game. But I, I still like the Packers. You know, at home, they – I don't know. It's just – it's one of those things that Green Bay at home feels against what I would call not an equal opponent, a lesser opponent in a sense. Just feels like that's a game that they should win – and you know, considering this will be their their third division game in the first six weeks, uh, it'll be it'll be a really big game. Especially if my way of looking is true, you don't want to fall zero and three to your division right away. Especially two of them being at home. But I do like the Packers in this game. Hopefully, they can get things squared away, and hopefully, they'll be healthy to play the Lions. It seems like they're always banged up the last couple of times they've been playing the Lions, even beyond Rodgers. So. Um, Well, shocker, we're all in agreement so far, which in some ways I guess is a good thing. But we'll move on here to Week 7. So this is, I feel like, again, we're all going to be on the same page here. This is Week 7. They play the Raiders at home. So just going through the Raiders a little bit. Some reason they traded Khalil Mack last year to a division rival, which... Just kind of crappy, uh, but they were four and twelve, three and five at home, one and seven on the road. I'm mirroring mirroring the Packers, their season point differential was minus one seventy seven. So that's some good news. And the Packers have won seven straight games against the Rams, going back to nineteen ninety. You have, you have to go all the way back to nineteen eighty seven when they were still the L.A. Rams when they beat the Packers twenty nothing at Lambeau. So pretty good indications right here. Won the last seven. They don't seem to be a great team. They seem to care more about their HBO special than the regular season. Um, But, Paul, start us off on this one. I'm assuming you got a win here.
2: I do have a win for the Packers. Um, The Raiders, they added Antonio Brown. He's had six straight 1,000-yard seasons. They added LaMarcus Joyner at safety. Montez Burfecht at linebacker. They're three first-round picks. And while a player like A.B. could you know, wreak a little havoc on the Packers' young secondary. Not to knock Derek Carr by any any means, but he's not Ben Roethlisberger. Gruden isn't Mike Tomlin. Le'Veon Bell's not in the backfield. And Juju Smith-Schuster isn't next to him. Um, The Raiders finished in the bottom third of the league in a number of important offensive and defensive statistical categories last year. You know, total yards on both sides, points per game, sacks, things like that. And I just don't see, even with the additions that they made, and there are a lot of positive ones, I just don't see them making that big of a jump. And really, I just don't trust John Gruden as a head coach. So I think this is a relatively easy win for the Packers.
3: Well, let's hope so. Maggie, please tell me you're sitting with a W here.
4: Yeah, Paul and I are just, you know, on the same wavelength right now. Uh, Raiders uh, think they come into Lambeau. And it's just too much for them. Like you said, I know the Packers were one and seven on the road in twenty eighteen, but so were the Raiders. Uh, they're coming into um, a pretty tilted environment. Home field advantage typically works well in Green Bay. Um, they did make some notable additions in guys like Antonio Brown. Uh, they lost Amari Cooper. They lost Jared Cook, which was a huge blow for them, since he led their team with 896 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, their second receiver, or you know, pass catcher on the team after Jared Cook was Jordy Nelson, now who is also gone. Uh, so that offense is kind of in disarray. And you know, Derek Carr threw for the most yards of his career last season, but he also had the highest um, completion percentage and lowest touchdown total. With 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. So I just don't trust the Raiders as a team uh, that's ready to garner a lot of road wins in 2019. Uh, and I think when they come to Lambeau, it's going to be a hard knocks life. But um. <laughs> well done.
3: <laughs> so, well, yes, like I said, I, I do think they are more geared towards hard knocks this season than actual football. But again you know this this seems to be i don't know about you guys but this seemed to be the easiest of all four games to pick um yes. the maybe. raiders they they're just they're not they're not that great right now and being at home you know maybe if it was in oakland or wherever they're planning on playing uh you know maybe it would be a little bit more difficult but i still think either way i'd give green bay the win this just seems to be it, the, They're the Raiders right now, and they're the Raiders of the 21st century, which really hasn't been all that great. So I don't think there's – you guys nailed it. Uh, I don't think much more needs to be said. So uh, with that, we'll move on to our final game, Week 8. This is the, I guess you could say, biggest one of the season so far. At the Chiefs, NBC Sunday Night Football, the only Sunday night game they have this year – so, you know, the Chiefs last year, 12 and 4, they lost the AFC Championship game to the Patriots. Many people thought they'd get to the Super Bowl, and who knows how that would have turned out. They were 7 and 1 at home, 5 and 3 on the road, had a plus 144 point differential. And this is where it's interesting. The Packers have won 2 of the last 3 games, but are 2 and 6 overall in the last 8 going back to 1989. Uh, the Packers, they last won in Arrowhead in 2007. That was Favre's last year in Green Bay. And then the last time they were in Arrowhead was the ger- dreaded 15-1 and season, in which they probably should have done more. But <laughs> nonetheless, so the last two times they were there, you got a win and a loss. Both good seasons for the Packers, I guess, regular season-wise. But um, Paul... Where do you have this game going here?
2: I think it's going to be close one. It's going to be high scoring, and it could be the game of the year in the NFL. Uh, Pat Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers. Um, The part that the Packers are going to be able to take advantage of is the Chiefs' defense. Last year they were 31st in yards per game allowed, 24th in points per game allowed, um, and they lost Justin Houston and D. Ford. Um, They did add Tyran Matthew, but they've lost a lot of that edge rush that they – needed. And it's going to be a high-scoring game on offense. I think it's going to be tough, even with Kareem Hunt gone for the Chiefs. Um, Tyreek Hill, I guess we don't know where he'll be at that point. But it's going to be
3: tough still for the Packers to slow them down.
2: So I have the Chiefs winning a high-scoring
3: matchup. And so Maggie, Paul's got them losing. Where do you have them?
4: So this one was really tricky for me. Um, I do have them losing a close game. I agree with with Paul, I think it'll be a high scoring game. Um, it It's gonna be a fun one to watch, considering that it's one of maybe two potential games that Rogers and Mahomes could play against one another barring a Super Bowl appearance. Um, so it's kind of big in that regard. Um, they made a nice splash signing this off season when they acquired Frank Clark, but like Paul said, they lost E Ford and Justin Houston, um, added Tyron Matthew. It's it's tricky to kind of gauge where this team will be because they were so hot last year. They led the NFL in total offense with 425 yards per game. They were third in passing yards uh, with over 300, seven and one at home, only lost one game at home, which was to the Chargers, and they lost by one point. So the home field advantage is definitely there, but I don't see the Chiefs offense being as explosive as it was last season. I don't think it can come up to that level. I think that you have Travis Kelsey, who is always a security blanket. But like Paul said, we don't know what will happen with Tyreek Hill. Kareem Hunt now is a Cleveland Brown. And then you have Sammy Watkins, whose last season was kind of just a giant question mark. So while I do think it'll be a high scoring game, and I do think the Packers will leave with a loss, it honestly wouldn't shock me too much if the Packers uh came in and really surprised the NFL and snuck out a W. You know, it, the more
3: I was thinking about it, do you guys know who Green Bay played in week 8 last year? They played mm-hmm. they they played the LA Rams in LA and I remember going into that game thinking there is no way Green Bay is wins this game. There's no way, absolutely not. The Rams are too good. And now the more I think about it, this feels – this is starting to to me to feel a little bit like that game where, like, even though Green Bay lost that game, like, I don't think it's necessarily as much of a foregone conclusion that the Chiefs will win this game. I, I would – I will still stick with what I think, which is that the Chiefs will win this game. But I think it would – I think I'd actually be less surprised if Green Bay won this game – than if they beat Dallas, I would think I'd actually be more surprised if they beat the Cowboys than if they than if they beat the Chiefs because it just you know for everything you just ran through Maggie there's there's a lot of change from last year's Chiefs team and you know one of the things you know I don't know how much it sticks with teams but to get to the AFC Championship game and then to lose the way that they did does that stick with you? Coming into the next year, and now granted, you're talking week eight, and by then you would really think they'd probably shake that off, but you know how much does that linger, and how much does that affect everything that happens and leading up to week eight with their schedule and their wins and losses and everything so I agree with you guys, I still think the chiefs will win this game, but i i I'm thinking of this as last year's Rams game, not the more I think about it and the way it turned out, so well, guys. We're through eight games, and, I mean, if you paid attention at the beginning and kind of followed along a little bit, you can kind of do it, but we'll recap it for you. Paul, after eight weeks, you have the Packers at? Five and three. Five and three. And Maggie, I'm assuming you're at the same place Paul is?
4: Yep, Team Qdoba sitting at five and three. (laughs)
3: Team Qdoba. Well, Team Chipotle, (laughs) I guess, is sitting at four and four. Uh, So not terrible if you really think about it through – through 8 games especially given some of the teams they're playing um you know really what you guys are looking at is undefeated at home and three really tough road losses uh, the, the they play 3 road games in the first 8 weeks and all 3 of them are really tough so if they lose if they're 5 and 3 after the first 8 weeks like you guys have predicted here uh, Packer fans should feel really good about that. I that's I I don't know. Just quick thoughts of sitting at five and three, Maggie. I I, I don't know if you're in agreement with me, but I think five and three is actually really optimistic, and fans should be excited if that's where they're sitting at that point.
4: Yeah, uh, the cautious realist in me uh, would feel more comfortable, I guess, sitting at four and four. Um, I'm not sure the Packers can fully squeak out, you know, a a five game winning streak at home. But I think that with all those um, home games happening in the beginning of the season, it's kind of a front-heavy, front-heavy season at home, and it really sets up Matt Lafleur nicely to get acquainted with the offense, um, especially in a, a safer environment, I guess. Um, so yeah, five and three is optimistic, but totally in the realm of possibilities.
3: And so, Paul, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here a little bit. So we're we're talking five and three. We're looking at three road losses through the first eight games. Bears, Cowboys, Chiefs. If you had to pick one of those three road games that you think the Packers have the best chance of winning, which one do? You, which one would you give them the best chance of winning of those three road games?
2: Oof, that's a good one. Um, honestly, I'm gonna go Chicago and the big reason for that is because they haven't seen the Matt LaFleur. There's no tape. You can watch Matt LaFleur's Titans offense. You can watch the little Kyle Shanahan. You can watch some Sean McVay, but there's no tape going into, you know, outside of preseason where, you know, it's backups and everything's vanilla schemes. There's no tape on what he's going to run specifically with Aaron Rodgers and this Packers offense, and I think last year there was a little benefit of that to the Bears with Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky. So week one, I could see the Packers going in and upsetting them just because they're not going to be 100% certain on what to expect like they were with a Mike McCarthy team.
3: All right, well, there you have it. Eight weeks in the books, and we're looking at potential 5-3 and three here. So be optimistic about that. Uh, nothing wrong with being 5-3 and three with those three road losses. So hopefully we're talking – lots of wins in the first eight weeks for the Packers here. So, uh, quickly before we wrap up here, Maggie, Paul, uh, Maggie, start with you. If people want to interact with you, get connected with your work, how can they do that?
4: I am on Twitter at Maggie Lawler, L-A-W-L-E-R. I write for Cheesehead TV as well. And Paul, uh, if people want to get in touch with you
3: and, uh, get in touch with your work, how do they do that?
2: You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Brettel, B-R-E-T-L, and I write for Dairyland Express where we cover Packers, Brewers, Bucks, Badgers, as well as PackersTalk.com.
3: All right. Well, there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh, did did either of you get to watch any of the all-star break, all-star baseball stuff, home run derby, anything like that? Just the derby. Just the derby. All right. Well, don't worry. Don't worry, Packer fans. You don't have to suffer through baseball, just baseball for much longer. Training camp is right around the corner and preseason is short to follow. In less than thirty days we'll have we'll have our first preseason game of the NFL season. And it may only be preseason, but it's better than no football at all. So uh Maggie, Paul, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Uh, Great discussion. Really like the optimism at five and three. I'm hoping you guys are right and that I am wrong and they are not sitting at four and four. So uh, tune in tomorrow. They'll be breaking down games nine through twelve, third quarter of the season. And you'll get all of that information right here on Packaday podcast. Make sure you're following the Packaday podcast on Twitter at Packaday. And make sure you are liking, subscribing, and following the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. My name is Nick Schmitz. You can follow me on Twitter, at SportsSchmitty. And next week, Jacob Westendorf can tell you again why following me on Twitter is boring. And that is always an entertaining subject. So thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, Go Pack Go!